0: New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash snapped or text SNAP to 500-500. That's audible.com slash snapped or text SNAP to 500-500. Hi, Snap listeners. We're bringing you a special bonus episode today from Oxygen's hit series, The Real Murders of Orange County, which returned this past weekend. Watch The Real Murders of Orange County on Sundays at 8, 7 Central on Oxygen. Or you can watch full episodes live or on demand on the free Oxygen app by clicking the link in our description. Enjoy.
1: It was a beautiful morning when I received the phone call. I did not understand what was going on.
2: A shocking murder no one saw coming.
3: Execution-style shootings are very unusual in Orange County.
4: In Fountain Valley, it was no exaggeration to say this was a turning point. It became a test to the safety of the community.
2: A similar crime unearths even more questions. What possibly could be the connection? It made
3: no sense at all. Fountain Valley was unable to identify anything.
5: It was a dead end. That person is out there somewhere
2: as two vicious acts of violence threaten this picture-perfect community any wrong turns could be deadly
3: they got themselves caught up with a guy that was very evil
4: When I first got to Orange County, I thought that there was a certain Stepford quality to it. Fountain Valley is one of those California communities that has a sort of master plan, cookie cutter feel. These communities are planned meticulously and they're laid out on a grid. A local joke, uh, the cops say, is that uh, if you go home drunk, make sure that when you walk into the house, you're walking in the right one.
2: Fountain Valley, Orange County's best kept secret. A community designed and built around an idealistic vision of O.C. Perfection. A place where families rising through the upper middle class can claim their own perfect piece of the California dream. Jane and Al Carver found their place here, living out a sun-kissed fairy tale with a big house, happy kids, great friends. All part of the master plan.
6: This is my dad and my mom on their wedding day. My parents were very much in love and, and and also very much opposite. My dad, he was director of operations at a healthcare company. And my mom became a flight attendant out of Los Angeles. My dad was more of a conservative-minded, take the, the caution approach. And my mom is a little bit more adventurous. And I think that that balance in their personalities attract each other.
1: Jane Carver was my best friend. We met in Stu School in 1969. We all started flying together in the same year with United Airlines.
5: Janie just was fun and spunky and easy to work with. The group of us got
7: nicknamed the Yaya's because we flew together so much. We just had a good time. People were just drawn to Janie because she had this
8: twinkle in her eye that drew people in. And most all of our friends lived in Fountain Valley. So we drove to work together and we made plans with our families.
9: She was just an incredible mom. Really fun loving and laughing all the time and and joking and like just making the best of life. You could watch from the outside and just be like, wow, she's got it.
6: We traveled a lot. I can recall going to Hong Kong, we went to Europe. She was very spontaneous in her approach to travel.
9: If we were studying the presidents or the capitals or something like that, and she was working and going on a a trip to Washington, D.C., she was like, hey, we're gonna skip school today, and I'm gonna go show you the real thing, so let's go.
7: Running was her escape. She always wanted to be on the go. She didn't
1: sit much. Jane just enjoyed life.
2: The Carvers couldn't know that their master plan for the good life was about to go horribly wrong.
4: On June 10th, 1995, the Carvers wake up, Jane goes for a run, and she runs right into a nightmare. Jane is about a block from home, and then suddenly she's confronted. A man appears out of nowhere and shoots her in the face.
5: There was one shot. She falls down and this man looks briefly, turns around, gets back to his car and drives off. And there are witnesses across the street that can hardly believe what happened.
4: Witnesses describe the gunman as being very calm, sort of casual. Al Carver hears the sirens coming and he steps outside his home trying to figure out what's going on. Jane Carver was so close to being back at the house from her run that the crime scene is within yards of their front door.
1: I received a phone call from Al Carver, who was choking up on the phone. It was hard to understand what he was saying, that Jane had been shot.
7: I ran around the corner. Al was just just a mess. You could read the pain on his face. He just looked at me, and he said, she's gone. She's really gone.
4: I heard it on the police scanner and came to the scene. It was a lot of commotion, and I was trying to take it all in. People were still talking about a gunman on the loose.
5: It was hard to fathom the fact that someone would walk up and basically execute this woman in broad daylight, well-traveled street. And all of a sudden, that sense of safety in the community is absolutely shattered. There wasn't much to go on at the time. Evidence-wise, we had to rely on what the witness statements were.
4: There's six witnesses at the scenes who describe the gunman, and their descriptions are fairly consistent. Suspect was wearing a brown or tweed sports coat with a high-neck shirt and dark pants. He's between 30 and 40, receding hairline.
5: We had a forensic artist that we typically used, and she came in and did the composites with two witnesses. The car was a 1978 to 1984 two-door hatchback. It was white, and at that time, we went and searched, but. We didn't find the suspect or the car. We collected one bullet casing at the scene. There was very little evidence.
4: The crime just doesn't add up. She wasn't robbed. There was nothing here that explained why this woman had been shot.
2: In an instant, this sunny Saturday morning became the worst day in the Carver's lives and would change this OC enclave forever.
7: Justin had been asleep through this whole thing. He was 14 at the time, and that just broke my heart. I I couldn't imagine how Al could possibly tell Justin that about his mother.
6: It it was like a dream to me. It was really, (laughs) your life has changed like that. It's a tough day,
9: really tough day. I was 20 years old, and I was a sophomore at Oregon State University. I got that phone call, and I felt like I was racing to the airport, but I felt like I couldn't drive fast enough. Everything was in slow motion.
7: Why would that happen? Why would anybody shoot Janie, of all people? This didn't make any sense at all.
2: In a tight-knit haven like fountain valley the best resource could be the friends she held in closest confidence perhaps there was some secret conflict brewing beneath the perfect orange county surface presented by the carvers you can't assume that
5: anybody is excluded initially and that was my responsibility to interview family and friends because this was a large effort to try to find information I had to ask Al in that initial interview, did he have anything to do with this murder? Did he know anybody who had anything to do with it? He was devastated, it was very clear, but we just didn't know. Al was very open right from the beginning. There wasn't any question that he didn't answer. His friends also corroborated the fact that Al was in his home when this occurred.
1: We were all in a state of shock, not knowing what to do. The police came over, and and each one of us was interviewed individually. They just wanted to get a sense on what we did that morning and who Jane was.
7: We tried to think about something she might have said to us. Did she talk about anybody on the plane bothering her? You know, any incident where somebody was angry with her? But nothing. Couldn't even wrap your head around the whole scenario
4: they have an idea what the suspect looks like they don't know what the motive could be
7: they were
5: convinced it was a contract hit
4: even when you get to the bottom of this mystery there's another twist
3: a man had called her and he was demanding to be paid
5: there's another shooting that happens this might have a connection
2: jane carver's oc dream was cut short in a senseless execution leaving everyone in her community chasing the fragments of its now shattered perfection
5: homicides don't happen in fountain valley jane's murder was the only one at that time in 1995.
2: could this idyllic place have forever veered from its master plan
4: in the weeks after jane carver's murder it was no exaggeration to say that this was a turning point It became a test to the reputation and the safety of the community. Everybody either knew Jane Carver or knew her name. The one thing nobody knew is, why was she dead?
2: Fear spread as whispers and speculation were at the tip of every tongue and the top of every news headline. Could it be someone Jane knew? Or if it was random, what or who could be next?
5: From witness statements, we were told that this person had been seen parked in the area prior to the incident. So therefore, we considered that it could possibly be a stalking situation.
4: Was it some grudge or secret relationship. Every single theory was being thrown around. There was nothing ruled out. You really have to feel for Al Carver, because I mean, not only has he lost his wife, he's also not oblivious to the fact that people are looking at him in a different way. They say there's a thin line between love and hate, but there's an even thinner line between marriage and murder.
5: At one point, I was having lunch in this deli and there were two women talking about the case and they were convinced it was a contract hit done by her husband. Al Carver was an open book. Anything we needed to do or asked of him, he was more than willing to cooperate. He did take a polygraph and he passed the polygraph. It was straightforward and very uncomfortable, but it was something that had to be done even though it's not admissible in court it did confirm my belief that l was not involved
6: we all knew that my dad had nothing to do with it but it was a process we were willing to do i mean at that point we wanted answers and all you can do is provide as much as you can
2: and so the carver case was becoming a true murder mystery in the eyes of the public as the pressure mounted would they ever find justice for jamie
7: The day of the funeral was packed house, standing room only.
8: We were there for support for
5: the family, and uh, it was difficult for all of us.
6: You needed to kind of just regroup and think about what the heck just happened and what, what do we do now? What, what's life gonna be like?
9: There was a void, but there were so many people there to make sure that we were gonna be okay.
1: came back from the funeral and we were trying to figure out what to do. How can we help Fountain Valley Police Department solve this? Well,
9: they got a composite drawing, they got a face, and they got the car, but they don't have the guy. So everyone like decided, okay let's print thousands of these flyers and we're gonna blanket Orange County. Maybe we can get some leads this way.
5: Because so many people wanted to help, I had to organize them into groups. There were more than were employed by the Fountain Valley
1: Police Department. About 100 people met at Mile Square Park to pick up flyers bearing a composite sketch of Carver's alleged killer and distribute them to area businesses. They're sure someone out there knows who he is.
2: Friends of Jane would stop at nothing to shake out this killer and restore a sense of safety to their sunny streets.
1: We would meet every Saturday and pick out certain areas we would go door to door we went to
8: bars we went to hair salons every place in the strip mall laundromats it didn't matter anyone that would let us put up a flyer we were happy to do it
4: i mean they got busy and it was an impressive thing to see they started raising money and the airline that jane carver had worked for kicked in ten thousand dollars to help catch the killer they wanted to get to the bottom of this
5: The reward fund kept increasing and it went up to $45,000. You're talking 1995, that's a lot of money.
9: It was an amazing effort and it was really cool to see a community come together for our family. The support of our friends and the community is really what's giving me the strength
4: uh, to, uh, to keep going here. If crimes could be solved by concern, the murder of Jane Carver would have been an open and shut case within a day. You could have as much money as you want, but in this case, the police can not even buy a clip. They had no leads at all.
8: Yes, we were disappointed because we felt that our hard work was just not getting us anywhere.
6: Time heals in one sense, but until you catch the person, it, time is worse. The thought crossed our minds is this may be a cold case, this may never get solved.
2: 10 months crawled by, and investigators were no closer to any answers. But a case without answers can often turn cold.
5: The case does go cold, and it wanes. We were very hopeful that we might get that one break to help us. On April tenth, 1996, there was another shooting that occurred in San Clemente, which appeared very similar to our case with Jane Carver.
4: An individual was going to his business. And as he arrived, he was met by someone who shot him one time in the face and left the scene.
5: Another investigator saw a flyer and thought it appeared to have an M.O. very similar to our case with Jane Carver.
2: had shaken a perfectly planned OC community and left friends, family and investigators seeking elusive answers. But a similar attack in South Orange County was about to rock its foundation to the core.
4: 10 months after Jane Carver's murder, uh, something interesting happens. About 30 miles south, investigators are looking into another act of violence.
3: On April 10th, 1996, I responded to the city of San Clemente shortly after a subject by the name of James Wingert had been shot in the face and surprisingly survived. The suspect did not ask for money, in fact, said nothing to Wingert, but instead shot him in the face without comment or warning, and then turned and left Execution-style shooting was very unusual in Orange County. And my lieutenant made an off-the-cuff remark. The only one he could recall had occurred almost a year earlier, a jogger, Jane Carver, who had been killed in Fountain Valley. When we were able to interview him, James Winger immediately focused our investigation on someone that he had been having contentious business dealings with by the name of Coleman Allen and felt that that person was responsible. James Wingert was a businessman and had no criminal record. But at the time of James Wingert's shooting, he had borrowed a, a significant amount of money from Cole Allen to try and keep his business afloat. Cole Allen had required Wingert to take out a very large life insurance policy that listed Cole Allen as a beneficiary, and the amount of the life insurance policy was almost three times the amount owed. In any circumstance, hearing someone is obtaining life insurance policies on people that owe them money. This set off some significant alarm bells for us. This is the thing you see on a television show or reading a book, but certainly not a crime in Orange County, California.
2: Was it possible that Cole Allen was behind two brutal crimes that tore at the tailored fabric of Orange County? Could Janie Carver's shooting have been a murder for hire? And if so, how had she become tangled up in this nefarious plot?
3: Two other law enforcement agencies in Southern California had active investigations targeting Cole Allen for fraud and financial crimes in a very sophisticated
4: way. Colin Allen runs a company called Premium Commercial in Huntington Beach, and this company specializes in making loans, often to small business people.
3: He did sell them a form of hope. This would be like a bridge loan to get them up on their feet, but with the high interest rates that he charged and the payment demands that he made, very quickly, hope turned into a nightmare.
4: There's an air of Tony Soprano to all this. It was very clear when the money was due, and it was also made clear that If that money wasn't in, there was going to be consequences.
3: Cole Allen would use the repayment of these loans as a means to blackmail his clients in a very elaborate loan sharking scheme.
4: So he would take out insurance policies on the people who owed him money and make himself and his company the beneficiaries. So now you have a situation where someone is going to spend the rest of their life paying this money. And then when they're done paying them, then they're going to die, and then they're going to pay him some more.
3: That was one of the scams that Signal Hill Police Department, as well as the Los Angeles Police Department, were looking at. Is Cole Allen forcing his clients to purchase life insurance, and then was he profiting by having those clients murdered? When we started making arrangements, to go and interview Cole Allen. We learned Cole Allen had died of a massive heart attack a couple of days before Wingert had in fact been shot. It was extremely frustrating. It raised more questions and it provided answers. We still conducted searches at his business to attempt to locate records that might lead us to who might have shot James Wingert.
2: As the investigation uncovered a seedy motive in the cold-blooded attack on Wenkert, detectives couldn't help but recognize the overt similarities to the murder of Jane Carver.
3: We decided to reach out to Fountain Valley Police Department and ask them to start checking for any connections between the Carver family and Cole Allen or Premium Commercial.
4: There's enough on the surface of the two shootings that police are looking into whether or not there's a connection there. In both cases, the attacker shot the victim in the face before walking away.
3: This was something that breathed a little air back into the investigation.
7: There was talk that perhaps the Carvers had taken out a loan, and that was not true.
4: I had never heard of Cole Allen in
7: my
6: entire life.
7: What could possibly be the connection there? But the police thought it was such an oddity.
6: It actually led to more questioning. And truthfully, it led to a lot of disappointment.
7: Fountain Valley was unable to
3: identify anything that remotely linked Jane Carver with Cole Allen. It was a dead end.
4: It seemed as if this lead
9: really had been snuffed out before it could even go anywhere. I mean there's a little bit of panic there we just didn't know if it was ever going to be solved
6: there's all these different phases that you go through and anger was one of them why us why her why us as a family it was difficult though because who, who are you angry with besides i guess god these feelings that we went through my dad and brother and i it lasted weeks months it was drawn out
8: Kim Brown, I remember her giving us hope, saying, we will find this person. You just have to be patient. We believed Kim, but our patience was really dwindling, and we needed closure.
2: Fountain Valley residents wondered if their perfection could ever return. But the lack of leads in two horrific crimes seemed to hold little promise.
4: The Jane Carver case has gone cold, and then the Wengert attack, uh, especially with the death of Cole Allen, that's gone cold. It doesn't look promising, but then something happens. 10 days after the shooting of James Wengert, Cole Allen's widow gets a phone call, and the person that's on the phone identifies himself as the trigger man.
3: The shooter believed Wingert had in fact died on that garage floor, and he was seeking payment as Cole was dead. Everything indicated that Cole Allen likely hired someone to kill James Winger for the life insurance payout. I needed to ascertain who this person was. Who did Cole Allen hire to shoot James Winger?
0: As a Snap listener, you know the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every case I learn about, I'm reminded how much I want to prioritize my vigilance and preparation. That's why I use and recommend Simply Safe Home Security. My cameras have alerted me about trespassers and even given me a sense of security knowing my home is safe even when I'm not there. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit SimplySafe.com slash Snapped. That's simplysafe.com slash Snapped. There's no safe like Simply Safe.
10: If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning, and by the morning, I mean the first hour or so of every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and for my health, and man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake, and then I go crush a workout on the Body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my special introductory offer to you. If you go to Body.com to sign up, the next 5,000 new subscribers will get 72 off a full year of access to over 120 programs. Yeah, that's only 33 cents a day to start now and see how fast the pounds come off. And if they don't, you can get your money back. No questions asked. Just go to body.com to save 72% and get life-changing results. That's B-O-D-I.com.
2: The surprise death of Orange County's most dangerous loan shark, Cole Allen, left detectives at a dead end. Jane Carver's brutal execution and the near fatal attempt on James Wengert's life were like eerie mirrors of each other. Was this a random reflection or did the surface match reveal a deeper connection?
3: About 10 days after James Wengert had been shot, Cole Allen's widow contacted law enforcement To report that a man had called her, indicated he shot someone at the direction of Cole Allen, and he was demanding to be paid. The caller was identified as Paul Aline. We were able to find business records from Premium Commercial that tied Paul Aline directly to Cole Allen.
4: Paul Aline is a man who is in desperate straits. Paul Aline owns an auto parts store. And he also owes money to Coleman Allen. He's borrowed $30,000 with 36% interest compounded annually. This is a man who is under the gun.
2: Could Paul Aline's insurmountable obligation to Cole Allen have forced his hand to commit murder? A debt forgiven in exchange for an unforgivable act? We
3: showed a photographic lineup to James Wingert and he positively identified Paul Aline as the person who shot him in the face.
4: Suddenly, things are starting to make sense. Dots are being connected. They pick him up, and they bring him in. They hope that Paul Aline is the key that's going to unlock the door to this case.
3: During the interview of Paul Aline, he continued to deny any involvement in the shooting of James Wingert. So I challenged him on that, and in fact told him that James Wingert had not died on that garage floor. This got a visible reaction from Aline, who seemed to be surprised. He composed himself rather quickly, and then said, well, it's a racial thing. Us black guys must all look alike to an old white dude. It was then that I reminded him I had never described James Wingert to him. The only reason he knew he was an old white dude was because he was the shooter. I concluded the interview while I went out into the office and asked Fountain Valley to use Paul Aline's photograph in a lineup with their witnesses. I was hopeful that if Aline was the person shooting James Wingert for Cole Allen, maybe he had been involved in shooting Jane Carver as well. It was a long shot, but you have to just touch every base in hopes that you find the right answers.
4: News gets back to Fountain Valley about the arrest of Pauline, and the hope surges. This is what people have been waiting for. This feels like a break in the case. We
5: were very hopeful that this was our suspect too. Unfortunately, Paula Lean's picture and description did not match our suspect. It was disappointing.
3: He was not picked out by the eyewitnesses as the shooter of Jane Carver. Back to square one for Fountain Valley and I had to prepare for the prosecution of Paula Leen for
5: shooting Wingert. The case consumes you. I'm thinking innocent victim, mother of two children, loved by everybody with absolutely no reason to be killed. This guy has to be out there. He just has to be out there.
6: We as a family, we're also concerned that we'd never find this person.
7: Here's the angel pins that we got from one of our friends, that she brought them to everybody.
1: And then we all started wearing the angel pins because Jane was our angel looking over us.
7: We wore
8: them to work on our uniform. We wore them every day on our little lapels we hoped for something good to happen but we were so afraid that this was going to just be a cold
6: case we were confident in the people that were investigating and sticking with it we really were we we knew they were adamant about catching this person but at the same time without any leads it was it was tough we knew it was tough for them
2: hope however fleeting would not be lost thanks to the relentless determination of one of O.C.'s finest.
4: Christy Murray was going through the transcripts of the interrogation of Pauline. And there, on that page, when she reads this piece of information, it hits her like a thunderbolt.
3: I found this little nugget of information, maybe a little piece of hope for Fountain Valley and Jane Carver. Near the end of the tape, Paula Lean made an off-handed remark to my partner that Cole Allen was mad at a guy named Leonard Mundy because Leonard shot the wrong person once.
4: It turns out that Coleman Allen had sent another person to do a job, and it didn't go well. Could that have been the shooting of Jane Carver?
3: There was some inquiry by my partner as who was this? What do you mean he shot the wrong person? Aline did not have any details. Hearing this on the tape, what other murder happened that I didn't know about? Who was the wrong person that got shot? And who is Leonard Munday?
2: last lead help detectives find justice for jane or would her murder be left unsolved
3: who is leonard monday and who did leonard shoot
2: a twisted piece of the puzzle in the james wengert attack revealed that there may be another shooter out there doing the dirty work of cole allen
3: I started going through all of the documents we had seized from premium commercial. But now, instead of looking for a needle in a haystack, we needed to find Leonard Mundy's connection to Cole Allen and the business, and could it have anything to do with Fountain Valley?
4: Leonard Mundy is another small businessman, and he's taken out a loan from Coleman Allen. In fact, he's taken out two. It was a $40,000 loan, and then a month later, another one. These are not numbers that he can handle. He is in a race to the bottom. There's nothing about Leonard Mundy's background that suggests that he's a violent man or a criminal, but you know, things change, especially when people are desperate.
2: But beyond the now clear connection between Cole Allen and Leonard Mundy, a more tenuous link was about to reveal itself as investigators tore through the filing cabinets at Cole Allen's business, Premium Commercial. I
3: came across a file that listed a residential location in Fountain Valley. And the owners of that property were Margaret and James Wingert. At the time Wingert was shot, they resided in the city of San Clemente. So that led me to reach out to the Wingerts. And what I learned was, at the time of Jane Carver's murder, the Wingerts did, in fact, live in Fountain Valley
2: if the wengerts and the carvers both lived amidst the planned perfection of fountain valley could there be a more elusive connection something that tied back to the same slice of orange county both claimed as their own
3: so i conducted a follow-up interview with the wingerts and spoke with margaret winger who went by the name peggy and peggy told me that her husband and cole allen had used their home in fountain valley as collateral to secure the business loan James Wingert obtained from Cole Allen without her knowledge, and in fact had forged her signature. Cole Allen had been attempting to seize that house against the debt Wingert had accrued. And as a result, Peggy filed a civil lawsuit against Cole Allen for fraudulent business practices. And that suit was underway in June of 1995. By all accounts, Cole Allen was livid and incensed that Peggy Wingert had the audacity to sue him. I looked at the calendar and realized Peggy Wingert was due in court to testify against Cole Allen. Three to four days after Jane Carver's death, could that have in any way contributed to the murder of Jane Carver?
2: This new discovery was soaked in mystery. What had actually connected the dots on June 10th, 1995 in the pockets of this perfectly planned community?
3: I decided to go look at the Wingert House in Fountain Valley. I had driven by using the northbound 405 freeway, and I inadvertently missed the first Brookhurst off-ramp, which is what I needed to get to the Wingert home and instead took a cloverleaf or looping off-ramp that pointed me in the direction of the Carver home. And that made me start to wonder, could someone else have made that same mistake? Fountain Valley is a master-planned community, and many of the residential communities tend to look a little bit alike. And I realized if someone told you to turn right when you got off the freeway, take the first turn, pass a park, and the next left takes you into the Wingert residence. Those same directions get you to where Jane Carver was shot if you made that mistake on the off-ramp.
4: The two houses were almost a mirror image pattern away from the freeway. If a driver wasn't attentive and didn't know whether they were taking the north exit or the south exit, they could have ended up in front of the wrong house.
3: And at the time of Jane Carver's murder, Peggy Wingert was Cole Allen's biggest threat.
4: What if Jane Carver were killed because the master plan of Fountain Valley had undermined the master plan of Coleman Allen?
3: I couldn't get past the gut feeling that led me to call Fountain Valley back and say, I need you to do one more photo lineup for me. And I want you to put in a guy by the name of Leonard Mundy.
5: When that photo came out, there was no doubt that that was our suspect.
3: Their witness identified the shooter of Jane Carver as Leonard Monday. I was just so pleased that finally we had found him. Fountain Valley was able to get a search warrant of their own for premium commercial, looking for documents to tie Leonard Monday to Cole Allen and Peggy Wingert. And they found those documents. They very much mirrored the types of documents that Paul Aline had completed
5: for having shot James Winger. Cole Allen was found to have written off two uncollectible loans, and Cole Allen didn't write off loans. Cole Allen got his money back. He was all about money.
2: The paper trail unveiled Cole Allen's insidious greed. Those fueled by desperation would serve as reluctant hitmen to eradicate anyone who dared stand between him and his big payoff.
5: It was determined that the the SWAT team would serve the warrant for Leonard Mundy up in South LA. There was a lot of anticipation. I wanted to see this person responsible for this horrible crime. When they brought him out, it was just a culmination of all the the time, energy, and effort put into it, and being able to give the Carver family some closure.
4: The arrest of Leonard Mundy brought to a finish line much of the mystery that surrounded the death of Jane Carver. That's when you really start to see all the moving pieces and how they fit together.
5: After his arrest, we needed to talk to him and find out the truth.
4: It's even harder to believe now than it was then.
2: Nearing the one-year anniversary of Jane Carver's execution, a hidden truth still lingered in the seemingly safe streets of this perfectly planned place.
4: Even when you get to the bottom of the mystery, There's another mystery waiting for you, which led to the entire unraveling of this complex riddle. What presents itself is that Leonard Mundy was sent to kill somebody, but he ended up killing Jane Carver. What put her in the crosshairs that day? The answer that they find is a tragic one. It turns out she's a victim of mistaken identity.
3: The actual target on that June day in 1995 was
4: Peggy Wingert. Peggy Wingert enraged Coleman Allen. She had brought attention to his criminal enterprises through a lawsuit, and he was furious. It's not a guy that you want to make angry. So he launched an attack, and that attack was Leonard Mundy with a gun.
3: Leonard Mundy made a wrong turn and shot the wrong person. We did go through all the records to see what Cole Allen had identifying Peggy Wingert. The only picture we were able to find in the files was an old driver's license
5: photo that had been Xeroxed. They may have somewhat size-wise looked alike, but obviously he decided that Jane was his target, and whatever amount of money he got was worth taking her life.
3: Paula Aline and Leonard Monday weren't sophisticated criminals, but they got caught up with pure evil.
9: When he gave you those $40,000 checks, was that like after or before this other incident? Oh, it was, he scared me after. He's like a godfather to me. That's what I mean for a godfather. An interesting choice of words in the godfather. What did he ask you to do for
0: him? Being honest, I can't. But he did ask you to see what I we cannot I cannot ask
3: I would speculate that Cole Allen used these men to commit these assaults because he could, they were blackmailed into taking actions of an extremely violent nature. He could intimidate them, manipulate them, order them around, and he didn't have to pay
6: them. The truth came out and it was nothing short of shocking, something that I had never would have guessed.
1: It was relief, but at the same time, it was the worst kind of scenario because we had nothing to do with his business. Somebody killed Jane, thinking that she was somebody else. Are you kidding? This is what actually happened.
6: That at least gives you some sort of, I guess, closure, and and you, you cross your fingers and hope that justice is served.
4: Leonard Munday was convicted of the brutal killing of Jane Carver and then was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. Eileen was convicted of shooting James Wingard and was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison.
6: It was pretty frustrating for us that Alan wasn't alive to, to see his day in court. I feel for Monday to this day, it, it, he was in a tough spot and, had to make a s- stupid decision that cost him
4: his life and cost us our mom. I'm very relieved with this verdict uh, today. It's uh, a day that we've uh, long awaited. It's uh, kind of signals the uh, the the end of a uh, horrible chapter in the life of our family.
2: At long last, investigators had delivered some measure of justice for Janie. And the community of Fountain Valley rallied once more around the memory of one of their own.
5: After something, you know, so horrible, you kind of want it to stand for something and and you don't want people to forget.
1: We all thought we would do something that Janie would really appreciate. The marathon came together as a way to honor Jane. Jane loved to run and she believed in education. It was a huge success and the donations that were made for the run were going to be given to some students that needed a scholarship so that they could go on to college.
5: The race for Janie raised $75,000 and we had an entry of uh, 1,200 people.
3: I think the key to solving this case was the community. The citizens of Fountain Valley, they kept Jane's memory alive. And because of that, let us to think, is there a relation
7: between a San Clemente shooting and Jane's murder? It's painful, but I want her to be remembered so that people know how she was. I miss her so much.
9: It's never 100% better, but it's just a little bit easier as the time goes on.
6: We've put our best foot forward and we try and stay positive as a family. And one thing that was important with all this is it, it brought my dad and my brother and I very close together. If my mom were around today, I, I would like to think she'd be still traveling, hanging out with the, the grandchildren, hopefully uh, keeping my dad good company and living life to the fullest. She was good at that. I'd like to think that was that would carry on to this day.
2: For more information on Real Murders of Orange County, go to Oxygen.com.
11: Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be peaked.